Verse 9. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. One more time. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just unpack these little chunks of this passage one at a time. First chunk I want to unpack is, we have not stopped praying for you. I wonder how often we stop praying way before the answer comes, or way, or as soon as we start to get positive results even, instead of keeping praying until the thing's Finish. But here's the more pressing thing that I noticed in this verse is since we first heard about you, we haven't stopped praying for you. Since he heard that Jesus had landed on them, since he heard that the Holy Spirit had landed on them, since he heard that their lives had turned around for the better, since he heard that good things were happening in their life, since he heard that the Spirit had come upon them and their hearts had fallen in love with Jesus, that's when he targeted them with his prayers. I'm, I'm not criticizing us. I'm just, this is such a surprising observation to me because What's so normal in my life is the prayer requests that come to me are all fixated, or at least almost all fixated on what? Problems. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're called to pray about everything. But what's so intriguing to me is that this is like a a brand new thought. Pray for more of what's working. When you see God at work, pray for him to do more of that. Instead of worrying about the dry, or I'm sorry, instead of worrying about why the wet wood isn't catching on fire, this is on fire. Pray that this thing will burn even brighter so it dries that wood out and starts it on fire. Amazing. Amazing. Focus on what God is doing and pray for God to do more of that. God, do more of what's working. God, do more of what I see you doing. God, bless what's going on in so-and-so's heart. Bless what's going on in so-and-so's life. Oh my word, this guy has ears to hear. Jesus, he wants to grow in Jesus. I'm gonna gather around him and I'm gonna pray for him. I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for folk that don't have ears to hear the Lord. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for prodigals. I'm not saying that. But sometimes the best thing we can do is remember to press in and pray for what's working. To pray for those who have a fire. To pray for those who are, yeah, amazing. Such a fantastic thought. Pray for more of what's working. God, keep doing that. Do more of that, God. Don't stop. That's point number one. Don't stop praying for what's working. Second point, we ask God to give you. He says that two times. We ask God to give you. We ask God to give you. God is the answer. God is is who has what we need, and he can give it. And and because God is the answer, we ask. We have not stopped asking. 
Why? Because God is the answer. And God alone has what we need. And God alone has what they need. So we have not stopped asking. Ask, ask, ask. And we're going to come back to this a little bit later. After I'm done unpacking some of these details, we're going to come back to this a little, a little bit later. We're going to see that all the transformation can be traced back to somebody asking God. Third point. Because he's asking for two things. Number one is complete knowledge of his will, and number two is spiritual wisdom and understanding. So first, complete knowledge of his will. When the topic of God's will comes up, it's really intriguing to me that what seems to be the focus for so many people, it's like God's will. It's like something that a, you know, an 18-year-old kid will Google as they're about ready to go to college, trying to figure out how to not screw up their life. You know? It's like, oh, what's God's will for me? Does he want me to go to this school, or does he want me to go to that school? Does he want me to marry this person, or does he want me to marry that person? Suddenly, God's will becomes an obsessive issue. Because they kind of have in the back of their mind, I think, and I think sometimes we have in the back of our mind that God's will is this plan, this fixed plan for where to live, who to marry, what to drive, where to work, all that kind of stuff. What's his plan for me? Does anyone saying, yeah, that's kind of how some... That's not what Paul's talking about. That is not what... A complete knowledge of God's will actually excludes what kind of toothpaste to use this morning. A complete knowledge of his will is not about those details, those incidentals, those incidental practicals. A complete knowledge of God's will is about the kind of life that actually conveys and expresses the character of God revealed in Jesus. That's what a complete... So Bill Johnson said in, one of, in my, I think maybe one of my top three favorite sermons of life, he says... People say, he says, they come to me and they say, Bill, what's God's will? I want to know, should I marry so-and-so or not? And he goes, well, I don't know. Pick a good one and then heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, preach the gospel. That's God's will. That's what Jesus did. That's what he commanded his disciples to do. That's what you're called to do. Yeah, but I know, Bill, yeah, but, but where, where should I live? Should I live here in California? Should I move to Texas? Should I, nobody's ever said, whatever. The details don't matter. I don't care, pick a good one, and then heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, and preach the gospel. Yeah, I know, Bill, but now listen, we can do all kinds of things thinking we got to get the right plan, but the truth is if we miss his will for what state to live in, but we have a lifestyle and a heart that hungers after him and a heart that's surrendered to him, he'll bless us wherever we go. Which must mean that those incidental small things are not the reality that we're talking about when we talk about God's will. I, I saw it the other, the other week when I was talking about uh, David. David asked God for the privilege of building him a house. And God said, you know, he didn't actually pick Jerusalem, he picked David. Isn't that fascinating? So... It might not have been Jerusalem if David had picked some other town to live in. Because God probably wasn't so concerned about the geography. He was concerned about who is in covenant with me. So complete knowledge of God's will has to do with knowing Jesus and expressing his will and and living in such a way that we're in step with who he is and that our, our life is in him. So that's that you know, complete knowledge of his will. Fourth little chunk here. Second thing he, he, Paul's asking for for the Colossians is spiritual wisdom 
and understanding. That word spiritual, it means wisdom and understanding that's coming from the spirit of God. It's not carnal wisdom. It's not worldly wisdom. It's not how do you get ahead? How do you make things work? All that kind of stuff. It's spiritual. It's of the spirit of God. It's enabling you to do the will of God. And so this wisdom, wisdom is, like you could say this, knowledge is, knowledge is, um, is like a, a factual comprehension of the data. Wisdom is knowing what to do. Wisdom is truly knowing what to do next. That's wisdom. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't know what to do next, you don't have wisdom. And he's praying that from the Spirit of God, they will know practically what to do now in the situation in which they find themselves. And understanding. Understanding is seeing life through heaven's perspective. In all you're getting, get understanding. Seeing life through heaven's perspective changes so much. It changes so much. Remember years ago I used to say that the Holy Spirit told me, Tim, the story you're telling about your life is not the story that we're telling in heaven. And that was disturbing because that makes me say, oh, well, if I'm not believing the story about my life that they're telling in heaven, that means that I'm living, believing lies. I want to know what they're saying about the story of my life. That's understanding. Understanding is when that perspective comes and it changes some things. It changes the same things. I was about to overstate it and say it changes everything. It probably does, but it seems like I use that phrase too much. So let's back it down and be proportional in our speech. Next point, number five, then. This is a causal word. If this, then that. It has to do with the causal relationship between things. Paul's saying, I'm praying these two things. I'm asking God to give you these two things. And if God gives you these two things, then the following consequences will take take place. Then this. Six point. The way you live. The way you live. This means lifestyle is is, is the deal. The way you live. Lifestyle. I love that. And and that kind of just clarifies exactly what I just finished saying, that God's complete knowledge of God's will and spiritual wisdom and and understanding are directly related to how we live, our lifestyle. Seventh point, always honor and please the Lord. And this hits the target even sharper for what the wisdom and insight and understanding are for. Our goal is daily to please the Jesus who has saved us and given us every good thing. Our goal is to wake up in the morning with a smile on our hearts to bring a smile to his heart for this good gift, which is called today. I'm going I'm to find a way to fill this day with joy and with gratitude and with obedience to Jesus. And this thing of, of pleasing the Lord, this is the target, man. This is, what, this is what lines our hearts up to live the lifestyle that pleases God where there are no other gods before him. Pleasing Jesus alone, setting apart Christ as Lord in our hearts so that he alone is what we're living for. The eighth thing. And he's saying that's a consequence. He's going to be asking God, And that's a consequence of of if God does the thing he's asking. That's awesome. Another consequence is that your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. See, we don't produce good fruit by trying to bear fruit. We, We know God 
we line up and God works in us in ways that we're not always even aware of. Trees don't have to work to bear fruit. They just have to have their roots down deep in, in, well, they have to have good soil and they have to have a good water supply. But there's a whole lot more stuff. You go, oh, they can't have diseases and all this other stuff. I get it. But the point is trees don't have to work to bear fruit. But if they're rooted well and healthy, they will automatically bear good fruit. And that's, a, that's what Paul's saying. And all the while you will grow. All the while you will grow. All the while you'll grow. Oh my goodness. So this, this union with Jesus, this, this, this grasp of who he is, this place, this place of understanding and insight into how to conduct our heart in a way that his lordship is not sullied and distracted. I mean, most of our problems, most of the problems we get ourselves into has to do with unbelief and sin. Most of them. Most of the problems we get ourselves into is unbelief and sin. And keeping Christ as Lord with spiritual wisdom and insight and understanding and and this, this grace this walking in his will, which is that lifestyle of knowing him and pleasing him. It's just such a, a beautiful thing. And in that thing, it's perpetual growth. Perpetual growth. Perpetual growth. Perpetual growth. Tenth point. As you learn to know God, this is our one thing, man. Knowing God. Every other thing is, is a graven image. Every other thing is a golden calf. Every other thing that drives us is, an, is a graven image and a, and, a, and a golden calf. Knowing God. This has to be our one thing. All the while, you will know God. You will learn to know God better and better. This, this Knowing Jesus is eternal life, says John 17. Eternal life is this, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So we were, we, were, we were made for this. Like, you are perfectly suited to know God. I don't know, like I feel like so many of us have been lied to, to where we are ashamed of what God made. And you are perfectly suited. Your body, your personality, you are perfectly suited to be a carrier of Jesus. You were made to know him. He didn't design you to not work with his design. He didn't design you to, to come into his presence and then, and then everything goes wrong. He designed you to carry him and to know him and to, to walk with him. And he loves the personality he gave you. He loves the way he designed you. But this, is, this for us is our one thing, the thing we burn for, the thing we long for. And Paul says, I'm asking God this and this, and then this is just going to happen for you, man. As you know God better and better, Okay, better and better, better and better. I don't know, how many of you think of the time when you had your first love and you think to yourself, that can't last? If you believe that, it's a lie, that's a lie. If you believe that the first love, when you first met God, when you first met Jesus, when you first came into his grace, when you first encountered his goodness, when you first got filled with his spirit, when you first found out his kingdom is for today, when you first found out you can hear his voice, when you first found out who you were in Christ, and you fell in love with him, and he was your only thought, morning, noon, and night, and you, you fed your soul, you immersed yourself in the stuff, and you, your hope was rising, and your faith was rising, and as your faith was rising, he was acting, and his spirit was moving, and he was answering prayers, and he was 
taking stuff off of you and he was doing things in other people's lives through your, just little old me, just through you. If you believe that that is temporary, that that's for this one season, but it can't last, you believe a lie. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Better and better. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. It's like this. Um, It never ends. It's like there's always more. There's no limit when we reach the, like, the end, like we can see the horizon from here, when we reach that horizon that we think of that's the limit of what's possible in this life, when we reach that horizon, this, I mean, like the horizon of God's love and his genius and his sweetness and his brilliance and his intelligence, when we reach that place that we think, oh, that's as far as it could possibly go in this life, when we reach that place, a brand new vista opens up for us that's as far as we can see from there. Endless possibilities in God unfold before our eyes as we just keep going, just keep exploring, just keep worshiping, just keep surrendering, just keep saying, yes, I trust you. Yes, teach me. Yes, I will follow. Yes, I love you. Better and better, better and better. So just backing up now from this passage, If you were to track the simple way of describing the structure of these two little verses is Paul asked God for two things, complete knowledge of God's will, number one, and number two, spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's what he's asking for. He is asking God, give them these two things, complete knowledge of God's will, spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then he says, if God gives you these two things, then there's going to be four results. You'll always honor and please the Lord. The way you live will always honor and please the Lord, number one. You're going to bear every kind of good fruit. You're going to grow the whole time, and you're going to know God better and better. Does that sound good to you? Always honor and please the Lord. Every kind of good fruit in your life. All the while, you're growing, and you know God better and better. Does that sound good to you? And how did, he, how, how did these four consequences happen? Because somebody prayed and asked God to give you complete knowledge of his will, complete and spiritual wisdom and understanding. So if, so if this is working in someone's life, if this is, you see someone that's got all this going on in their life, if, it were, if you see it in the Colossian people's lives, that they're just in love with Jesus, walking around full of good fruit, mercy, kindness, joy, resilience, perseverance, hope, all the good stuff, that you see them walking around in this, they might not know the answer to how they got there. But from God's perspective, he can track back how they got there to this man who never met them named Paul, who asked God, who asked God to give them. Oh, that's just like, are you hearing me? If you trace it back, the causal chain is someone asking God, which leads me to this conclusion. Your Prayers are powerful. Your prayers are powerful. God has chosen. I don't know why. He has chosen 
to work through the prayers of his people. What, what, I, me, if I had a theory, it would be he so values relationship. He's such a father who wants a family. And so that Jesus said, didn't you know I was in my father's house? It must be about my father's business. I was doing my father's work. I'm always doing my father's work, even on the Sabbath. I'm... He, he, loves to, he loves to have sons and daughters who partner with him in doing what he's doing, sharing and carrying his heart. It's, it's, uh, work's not bad. There's this weird deception in the world that says work is a burden and relaxing is a blessing. But what's funny is when children play or when adults play, what are we doing? We're simulating work. That's all play is, is simulated work. We were born to co-labor with God. Your prayers are powerful. That's amazing. So when you see, okay, so I'm just going to backtrack. Summarizing, we've not stopped praying. Don't stop praying for what's working, number one. Number two, ask God. Number three, his knowledge of his will is not about the details and particulars. It's about understanding a lifestyle that pleases Jesus. Spiritual wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is knowing what to do next. Understanding is seeing from heaven's perspective. Then, The two things he's asking lead to the four things he's telling them they're going to get. Why he's asking. It's about a lifestyle, number six. Pleasing the Lord is is the goal. No other gods keeps our hearts free. Because again, our biggest problems are almost always sin and unbelief. Almost always. Which means our best friends are repentance and faith. Number eight, your lives are going to produce every kind of good fruit. We don't produce fruit. We get rooted in Jesus and he produces fruit. Number nine, all the while you will grow. Perpetual growth is normal. Don't believe the lie that you have to leave your first love behind. It's a lie. You don't have to leave your first love behind. Number 10, learning to know God. Knowing God is our one thing. Knowing God is our one thing. Knowing God is our one thing. Number 11, better and better. It just keeps going. We never reach the end. There's so much more, guys. I don't care how deep you are, you're scratching the surface. Go ahead and stand. The prayer team can go on up and I'll hand this microphone to somebody. If you're here today and you need someone to pray with you, that you would be filled with the full, deep and clear knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom, and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things. You have a prayer team that would love to pray for you and with you. Is Carl here? Okay. Oh, Carl, hey. Um, If you are sitting here today and you have not entered into a relationship with Jesus, he is waiting and longing to be in that relationship with you. So if that's you today, please come forward. Carl and Sue will be glad to meet you right over at the cross. They'll pray with you. 
They'll lead you and help guide you into that relationship that's going to change everything. So thank you so much. And Lord, we we just thank you for this service. We thank you for the, the meal that we're going to partake of. And we just thank you for blessing us. In Jesus' name, amen.